What's up, everyone? Welcome to Keep Watch Pass, your special subscriber-only content right here on Spotify or wherever you are listening to this here. I'm Jason. Joining me is my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm okay. excited. I, I was I'm ready. Say, if anyone's going to be excited for this episode, it's going to be you because we are about to play Keep Watch Pass with movies directed by Quentin Tarantino. I think Jay was actually contractually obligated to go with Quentin Tarantino for the first episode. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's be honest here. Like we, we save special things for special moments in our shows. Of course, when we were doing episode 50 of It's Not That Bad, uh, we saved Repo the Genetic Opera for that one because, you know, special moments mean special things. And when we did the first episode of There Can Only Be One, we had to start with Anthrax. There was there was no question here. Every episode is special, though. Right? Well, Make it so. Well, yes and yes. <laughs> but, I mean, we've, we've mentioned on it's not that bad on numerous occasions how much of a quentin tarantino fan that you are but i don't think our listeners have quite you know quite understand the grasp or the or the the breadth of your quentin tarantino fandom here so for our listeners what is it about tarantino that strikes a chord with you oh my god uh, you know what brilliantly written directed the non-linear storytelling the just absurdity of the situations um and and yes okay you can look at it like well they're they could be violent you know gory if you will movies they're not like I'm not a psycho. <laughs> I had to say that in, <laughs> in one of the other episodes. I just really enjoy a really great gangster, bloody shoot 'em up Reservoir Dogs style. Like it's, they're just damn cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you get to suspend any sort of law abiding citizen <laughs> <laughs> mindset and just, just enjoy. I mean, the classics like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, um, True Romance, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, or sorry, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Mexico is Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, but you know what? The team of Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, um, a band apart, their production company that they've built up, all the movies that they've done, um, Grindhouse, the Grindhouse movies. um, And these are not my my picks. Okay. So I can talk about these other movies, but, um, I just, I love in essence that Quentin Tarantino is like such a, a film geek. He's such a, a film buff. And, you know, um, I think he has a podcast that he just talks about random obscure movies and mm-hmm. he's just so knowledgeable. You know, he's the kind of person that I would love to, you know, how you have that question, um, you know, a celebrity that you'd like to invite over for dinner. Right. He is the quintessential dinner guest. Quentin, there's a spot at the table open for you anytime. 
<laughs> You're oh, in I, town. Give I me a call. Just imagine what Quentin Tarantino would be like on this podcast. Oh my god! Right? I oh. would love it. <laughs> okay, so let us explain what is happening with this show. We are about to go through Quentin Tarantino's directorial filmography. We're not talking about movies that he has produced. We are not talking about movies that he was only a writer for, and we are not talking about movies where he was only an actor in. We are specifically talking about movies that he is a director of uh, we are going to pick three movies one to keep one to watch and one to pass and what that means is the keep movie is the one that you like you hold up the dvd and go oh, like that that is the pinnacle right the watch movie is one that you would take the dvd put you know put it into the dvd player and happily watch it um or if it's on tv you wouldn't change the channel the past movie is one where not necessarily you would throw it in the garbage, but you would definitely like change the channel if it was on the TV. But we're going to start with our keep film. So, Carrie, movies directed by Quentin Tarantino. What are you keeping? Can I just start by saying that his entire filmography is a keep. And in fact, my office and my collectibles of figurines, of books, of movie memorabilia, my my badass Kill Bill yellow and black tiger shoes and the Kill Bill hat to go with it. Um, I freaking love each and every single, every single movie that he's directed, starred in, written, you name it, you know I'm a big fan. But you also know, knowing me, that I'm a huge Elmore Leonard fan. And so my keep of... Quentin Tarantino's directed movies has to be Jackie Brown because written by Elmer Leonard, based on the novel, um, directed by Quentin Tarantino, starring Samuel Mother Jackson, <laughs> um, Pam Greer, um, Robert De Niro was in it. I mean, Oh, it's, it's a stellar cast. It is a stellar cast. Um, trying to think of um, the Bale Bondsman. Oh, Robert Forster. Yes. Oh, like at his best, I think, you know, if I dare say. Um, just so fantastic. It was so well acted. It was, I mean, first of all, it's a well-written screenplay to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, but QT just nailed the essence of this story all the characters, um, the inner locking storyline. Um, I mean, it was brilliant. And it was literally like having the words on Elmer Leonard's novel come to life. I, I could have guessed this one because, again, looking in your office, you know, aside from the, the Quentin Tarantino uh, pantheon of paraphernalia that you have in there oh, how's that for alliteration <laughs> nice. right but you literally have and, and i'm not even kidding dear listeners like every single book that elmore leonard has written currently sits in carrie's bookshelf in her office i had to buy more bookshelves mm -hmm. like it's like I'm not even lying when I say that you would walk into that room and lose yourself in her fandom. It's it's a tad, a tad extravagant, but I'm all here for it. <laughs> so at this point, I'm going to shield myself 
with the microphone boom arm in front of me when I say that Jackie Brown is my past movie. Mm. I am- I don't even know you. <laughs> That's it. I quit. I'm out. I am so sorry. No, I, you know what? I'm not sorry. And, and hear, <gasps> hear me out on this one here, okay? So I think it's fair to say the Quentin Tarantino movies are a genre. You, you have to, I wish this was a video podcast. Holy shit. You have to see the look on Carrie's face. I can't. Like I, I can't yeah, even hear this. Right? Like jump scares wouldn't even create this kind of reaction. Like it's she's almost about to tear up because I said I was going to pass on Jackie Brown, but let me explain why. Quentin Tarantino films are a genre unto themselves and the very first thing that most people will say when they say why do you like a Tarantino film? It's the dialogue. You know, Tarantino has a way of writing words and the, the cast that he puts in there. It's it's not script, it's lyrics in a Tarantino song. The problem with Jackie Brown is that he didn't write it. And I think that may have, maybe it's just me. Maybe it handicapped him. Tarantino himself has admitted that he is an Elmore Leonard fan. And rightfully so, Elmore Leonard is a great novelist. But I ha- I wonder if there was some kind of, for lack of a better term, trepidation. You know, if you're creating a version of something created by somebody that you love, that you admire, there has to be some kind of worry about making sure that that looks and sounds the way you it affects you. But it's not Tarantino's words. It's not his script. It's not his story. And I it didn't hit me the way that his original material hits me. So I'm thinking about hitting you right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, uh duck. <laughs> goose. Oh man, oh man. Okay, so yeah, so that's my pass and also your keep. But if I'm if I'm listing my keep movie, she's she's still tearing up. There's a tear here. Oh my, we're we're gonna need like podcasters counseling after this. My keep movie, however, is a movie that was split up into two parts, and it's the first part that stick with me. Kill Bill Volume One is my keeper movie. I personally think Volume One of the two films is the superior kill bill film and while volume two did showcase a bit more of the tarantino-esque dialogue because i know that was one of the the criticisms of volume one but i think those criticisms are null and void i think that the the dialogue is definitely there it is a tarantino film but i appreciated the diverse styles that that tarantino brought the the anime sequence uh of the uh of Oren's early story like that is just cinematic beauty and it took Tarantino out of his realm a little bit out of his comfort zone and I think he he excelled in it the sword fight between um the bride and the crazy 88s is gory as hell even though it's in black and white and obviously there's a reason why they went to black and white because I think if they had shot it in color it probably would have been uh maybe not maybe probably given an nc 17 rating because of just how much blood spurt was around but the minute you go black and white 
for some reason that makes it better um wwe used to do that with their uh you know with their recaps if a wrestler you know bled out quite well hello you know Shawn michaels and rick flair um when they would do the recaps they would put those scenes in black and white to bypass any censors i think this is kind of that same theory but it worked well as a style hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Um, but now we move on to our watch film. And as much as I like this film, I, I I have a critique of the film, but it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the film. Uh, and we go with his most recent one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, as my watch film. It's a great film. Uh, Leo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, like Margot Robbie, solid, solid cast. Um... My critique of the film is that I'm a video editor. It's my job to make things cut to time. I could probably lose about 20 to 30 minutes of this film and make it a bit of a tighter package. But, you know, I, that this is just me nitpicking here. Uh, but that that's my, my watch movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What's yours? What's your watch movie? I have to admit, I was I was looking at that one, and although I really wanted to pick it, I think I'm going to go back to where it all started. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Pulp Fiction. Okay. I'm gonna go with Pulp Fiction because you know what the just that movie is iconic, and if it comes on TV, doesn't matter what I've got going on. Cancel my plans. <laughs> You know, <laughs> cancel like for the next two hours. I'm on the couch watching. Um, it's it's brilliant. Um, just again, the nonlinear storytelling, the acting, the dialogue. Um, I mean, just how these interconnected stories um, are played out, and and I mean, let's be honest. 
right? <laughs> You've got John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. Like mm-hmm. they're they're just iconic characters as Jules and Vince. So yeah, you got to go with it. I find it funny that in the MCU on Nick Fury's various gravestones that he has placed around the world, uh, it's Ezekiel twenty five seventeen that's actually listed on the tombstone itself. Um, Pulp Fiction is great. It's absolutely great. And one of the key things is that this is one of those movies that really is, you know, a pinnacle when it comes to the idea of the 90s movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, like movies today, the soundtrack is not a thing except in certain cases like a James Gunn directed film is going to have a very iconic soundtrack um and I, you can almost probably thank Quentin Tarantino for that trend because the music really was an aspect of the storytelling i think it's it's safe to say that pulp fiction is the best Quentin Tarantino movie soundtrack of all time Oh, I don't know. Reservoir Dogs was so incredibly good. And it's funny because as soon as you said Kill Bill, I just wanted to go, bah, bah, bah. Like, right? <laughs> like, again, his selection of music, the music is indeed a character mm-hmm. in the movie. Oh, like, absolutely. Even, even with a movie like Four Rooms, the combustible Edison soundtrack on that is a character unto itself. Like, it's, I love that soundtrack. I absolutely love that soundtrack. But I think... When you're taking a look at Billboard success and albums that are define the zeitgeist, I think Pulp Fiction, especially with Urge Overkill's cover of Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, is, you know, that in itself is almost a flag that says, hey, you know, this was this year. This was this moment in music history. So now we know what my pass is, and I'm probably going to be running for my life after we finish <laughs> recording this episode. So it, I'm over it. It goes to you. What is your pass movie? Oh, my pass was, uh, it was so tough, but I stand behind picking Inglorious Bastards. I can't get behind that movie at all. I find it really hard to watch. And as much as I, love Tarantino movies. Uh, I just, I can't. I, it is so unlikable from start to finish. And I'm sure it was intended that way, but it, I really, I, I gotta say I own a copy only cause you know, it's I Tarantino, own you know. like the everything um, that, that's ever been released both in VHS and Blu-ray, and DVD, soundtracks, you name it, we've got it. Um, but I, I think it's still in the wrapper. I I do. Like, eh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's tough. There, there are moments in the film that I think really shine out. And especially, uh, again, considering everything that, that almost defines a Tarantino film. There's the scene where... Uh, the the Nazi soldier is at the 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 guy's place and he's sitting down and having a glass of milk and and there's people hiding under the boards. That that's a tense tense scene and it's played for utter suspense and you 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 find yourself 
And I think maybe that's why it doesn't resonate with you. It's a, it's an intense film. It is. It's hard to watch. It's not a gory film, but it's an intense film. Like you, you can sit there and, and point to the, again, the sword fight between the bride and the crazy 88s, but it's so over the top and it's so, it's played for the shock value, but it's not, it's not tense. It's not intense. I think there's a difference when you watch a movie and as violent and as like gory as it is, you know that it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. But Inglorious Bastards just seems like it was uh, a little too real. A little too real. Yeah, it was. It was like a page taken from history, and I'm just like, I'm not about that. I don't know. It it did not. It's like it's a it's like a resonate. page taken from history, but not necessarily of history. Like again, similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's it's a it's a moment of time. It's a snapshot of a real moment, but then the story is slightly changed, so you don't have to relive those those horrible moments, right? Like, but even in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they never showed the absolute. The horror of the Manson family killings. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, they alluded to it, but it was an and, al- but it was almost like an alternate history because, you know, again, the 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 Manson family instead of going to the house of uh, Margot Robbie's character, you know, they end up at the the other house and <laughs> flambéed and eaten and the whole earth. Yeah, <laughs> I freaking love that dog. That dog stole the movie. Sorry, but, Brad Pitt. But but that that Step aside. that scene takes what would have been normally a, a horrific moment, and you go, oh dear God, that the everything is happening in this, and it becomes almost comedically violent to a yeah. way. And and there's the thing is with Quentin Tarantino movies, sure, they can be quite violent. I mean, you know, Reservoir Dogs, dude gets his ear cut off. Like after the dancing. Uh, yeah. Except but but that's the thing. There's the the caveat is that there was a dance scene and then Michael Madsen picks up the ear and goes, Hello, hello, can you hear me? <laughs> like uh, like come on. Like but it's so almost over the top and then followed by a comedic moment or something that mm-hmm. you wind up laughing. You know you shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> like, what is wrong <laughs> with me? Why am I laughing at that? But um, but again, it's that mix, right? It's it's that emotional roller coaster that takes you on the up right mm-hmm. after seeing something that's pretty low. And it's like, okay, but... Yeah, again, Inglorious Bastards definitely a pass for me. Okay. Yeah. I I get it though. I I do. It is it is a very at moments intense film. Can I, I just say though, I had a 50/50 split on this. What was the other one? I almost went with um Django Unchained. I I get I Cuz I couldn't see get that. behind yeah. that one either. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're not saying that, you know, every every actor, every movie, every director kind of thing is going to be perfect, but it's one of those things where, yes, early Tarantino is probably the better Tarantino, and of course we are coming up to hopefully his um, the release of his final movie, the uh, the movie critic, whenever that actually gets made. Of course, with the the writer strike and the director, or the actor strike, um, and maybe a while before we get that, but it's gonna be bittersweet 
when that movie comes out, knowing that it, it will probably be his last film. He's also got a series he's working on, though. Okay, so so we're not done with Tarantino yet. And no, that's, no, there's that's, more. That's a good thing, because the more Tarantino, the better. Before we go, Carrie, let's go through our keep watch pass. So what's on your list? Okay, well, I'm keeping Jackie Brown. <laughs> we'll see if I'm keeping you on the radar, but I'm keeping Jackie Brown. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's love there. There's love. <laughs> she was going to lovingly boot my ass out the door. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so keeping Jackie Brown, watching um, Pulp Fiction, and I am passing on um, Django Unchained <laughs> and uh, Inglorious Bastards. Well, you picked Inglorious Bastards, but passing on Inglorious Bastards <laughs> and Django is a, a, a throw-in. Okay, so I am keeping Kill Bill Volume One. I am watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I am ducking for my life as I pass on Jackie Brown. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for joining in on this. And to our listeners, if you are actually listening to this, that means you are subscribed to our content. Uh, we thank you ever so much uh, for listening to this, and we really hope that you are enjoying these episodes. Let us know in the in the Spotify comments if there's a subject that you would like us to cover. Um, hit us up. We want to hear from you guys. Until next time, Carrie. Thank you as always, listeners. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in for this one. This is Keep Watch Pass. Until next time, take care, everyone. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.